Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Welcome to the Ageless by Rescue podcast. I'm your host, Baha Etmanen. Today's show ventures into uncharted territories at the intersection of mental health, longevity, and groundbreaking therapies. Australia is the first country in the world to classify certain psychedelics as medicine, and I'm delighted to introduce you to a leading expert on this topic from the leading clinic specializing in this field. Scott Kelly is the founding psychologist at Good Mind Clinic. He's a clinical psychology registrar, somatic psychotherapist, and published author. Scott brings a unique blend of expertise to our conversation. With a background in music and specialized training in psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy, he's at the forefront of pioneering efforts to harness the potential of psychedelics for mental health. Scott's journey takes him from the realms of psychology to the stages of music, all whilst exploring the profound impact of psychedelics on mental health. We're about to embark on a transformative conversation as we explore the potential of psychedelic-assisted therapy and the connection to longevity and overall wellness. Stay tuned for a thought-provoking discussion that could reshape your perspective on what's possible for a fulfilling life at any stage as we explore the uncharted territories at the intersection of mental health, longevity and groundbreaking therapies. Um, in the Australian context, at least at the moment, we're talking about the use of psilocybin for, as a treatment for treatment-resistant depression uh, and MDMA as a treatment for PTSD. Those are the two substances and uh, indications that have been made legal since July. I mean, it, it is, it's a reasonably labour-intensive therapy. So, it, you know, it's two, two therapists uh, for every client, um, but... I think the the real key thing for me is is it seems to be helping people who haven't been helped otherwise. Um, you know, some people will try antidepressants, works great for them, they feel better, that's all good. Um, some people go to therapy, they find it really helpful, that, and that's all good too. But there, you know, there's these sections of the population where it's not helpful, or as you say, it takes years and years, or um, there's side effects associated with the drugs that they're on. So uh, having this new option hopefully we'll be able to bring help to people who really need it. Apparent to me that a lot of the treatments that we have for mental health at the moment, although they're useful, um, they often come up short in terms of how effective they are for people. And there's always sections of the population where most of what we have just doesn't work at all. Um, so there's a real need for new and novel treatments, particularly for these conditions that can be so debilitating for people. Um, and so that was kind of an initial thing. And then as I did my uh, Hakomi training, which is a mindfulness-based body psychotherapy that I'm trained in, um, one of my trainers was talking about some of the research that was happening in the US and it sounded really exciting. Um, and it sounded like a, the Hakomi method was a really good fit for uh, this particular way of working. So that got me more interested. And then I watched a couple of documentaries about that some of the research that's happening in Israel and in the US and in the UK um, and got more and more interested. And, uh, and, then I, and then I also found out that, the, you know, there's music played 
basically all day on dosing day and that that's a huge part of the experience and with my background as a, a performing musician um uh, it just as you say they that those two worlds really do intersect for me well, australia is a world first though right we did it first tell me about that because that that's exciting and unexpected yes. there are um, special access programs in other countries uh, so you can um, access the substances through these special access programs but my understanding and I'm not a complete expert in the area but my understanding is that Australia was if not the first then one of the first countries to actually reschedule it as a medicine yep well I mean it, it, I guess it's important to say that there's not just one protocol different research teams do things differently um, okay. And different businesses will do things differently as the private sector kind of gets on board. Um, but there are a few kind of key components, um, the first of which would be screening. Um, so you would want to make sure that someone is uh, able to engage with the therapy um, and there's a number of things that would kind of screen you out if you've, you've got um, like a bad heart condition or your health is, is not good generally, um, a family history of schizophrenia. Uh, there's there's a, a kind of a bunch of things that, that would screen you out. Um, and then once, once you've gotten past that point, um, the preparation process begins where you, as a as a client, you would sit down with the therapists and you would talk about what uh, what's coming, what the experience might be like, um, what you can expect. Uh, getting people like sometimes you feel a bit nauseous on on psilocybin, so getting people ready for the kind of physical stuff that might be going on on the day, um, and at the same time getting them ready for what the experience might be like, um, and helping them to become comfortable with that experience and really encouraging them just to be open and, and trusting of the experience as it unfolds on the day. Um, and alongside that, you would learn some grounding techniques, maybe some breathing techniques or, or kind of grounding down through your body um, to help if things are getting a bit scary or they're getting a bit challenging, um, having ways of settling back into the experience from a from a settled state uh, is important in preparation as well on dosing day uh, you you would all you know show up at the room and have a bit of a chat at the beginning and maybe just you know remember the grounding techniques that you talked about or um, you know some of those helpful things um, and then when the person is ready um, the psilocybin comes in a little capsule um, so they would swallow that with some water um, and for half hour, 45 minutes to an hour after that, uh, they should be starting to feel the effects uh, of, of the substance um, and going back to the music that, so when they ingest, you would start playing the, the music playlist, which is designed to mirror the intensity of the drug experience so it's sort of supportive and grounding in the beginning and then um, as the drug effect comes on it sort of uh, the music intensifies at the same time to try and help you open up into this expanded state um, and then you would be at at the peak of the experience for an hour a couple of hours um, and 
and then kind of gently tapering off um, until, as you say, about the six hour mark when normally people are, are kind of landed. And can you tell me in a, a therapeutic sense, are you lying down? Are you, um, so the experience that I had, I had um, an eye mask on, I was lying down, I was kind of cocooned. Yep. Yep. So the, 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 one of the kind of key principles of, of psychedelic assisted therapy is that the set and setting are really important. Um, so the, the setting is what we're talking about now. So making sure that the room is like a nice comfy environment, a comforting environment, more like somebody's lounge room than a hospital room. Um, and yeah, as you say, the, the clients usually lying down on a bed, they've got um, eye shades and, and headphones to listen to the music. The music's often usually also, um, coming through a speaker so that the therapists can hear um, the music along with with the client. Um, and, yeah, plenty of cushions and, you know, rugs and stuff to make and you comfortable. And plenty of tissues. My goodness, <laughs> did I cry. I yeah. have never wept <laughs> like I did. I laughed. I also laughed a lot. I laughed, I cried. The depths of emotion was really intense, really intense. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a good point that it's, you know, it can be a big and challenging experience, but people also have these mystical experience where they, they, they can experience, you know, big connection with the world and everyone around them. They can feel love. Um, there's all kinds of, of experiences on the positive uh, end Definitely. of the spectrum, which I think are really very therapeutic as well but you still can have a, a psychedelic experience um, but, on MDMA. Um, uh, in, in terms of the nitty-gritty of why MDMA for PTSD, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I, I have read that there seems to be ways in which when you're on MDMA, when you're under the effects of MDMA, you um, can kind of be open to witnessing your trauma in a way that doesn't activate you quite so much. Um, and that be, that witnessing can be very helpful in terms of working towards resolving the trauma. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've read. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship, but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy, and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson.